Welcome to the Divine Service on the eve of the seventh Sunday after Trinity. We are going to make just one slight adjustment to the service this evening, omitting hymn 566, which is the first distribution hymn, and we will sing hymn 704 uh, at the beginning of distribution before you come forward. So I will remind you of it at that time. We begin with hymn 561, The Tree of Life.
name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Beloved in the Lord, let us draw near with a true heart, and confess our sins unto God our Father, beseeching him in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to grant us forgiveness. Our help is in the name of the Lord. I said, I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord. And you forgave the iniquity of O Almighty God, merciful Father, I, a poor, miserable sinner, confess unto you all my sins and iniquities with which I have ever offended you and justly deserved your temporal and eternal punishment. But I am heartily sorry for them, and sincerely repent of them. And I pray you of your boundless mercy, and for the sake of the holy, innocent, bitter sufferings and death of your beloved Son, Jesus Christ, to be gracious and merciful to me, a poor sinful being. Upon this, your confession, I, by virtue of my office as a called and ordained servant of the word, announce the grace of God unto all of you, and in the stead and by the command of my Lord Jesus Christ, I forgive you all your sins, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Clap your hands, all you peoples. Shout to God with the voice of triumph. For the Lord Most High is awesome. He is a great King over all the earth.
clap your hands, all you peoples. Shout to God with the voice of triumph. For the Lord Most High is awesome. He is a great King over all the earth. Failing providence orders all things both in heaven and on earth. We humbly implore you to put away from us all hurtful things and to give us those things that are profitable for us. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever. The Old Testament reading on this, the eve of the seventh Sunday after Trinity, is recorded in Genesis chapter 2. 
The Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. The Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed. And out of the ground the Lord God made every tree grow that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life was also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now a river went out of Eden to water the garden, and from there it parted and became four river heads. The name of the first is Pishon. It is the one which skirts the whole land of Havilah, where there is gold, and the gold of that land is good. Bedelium and onyx stone are there. The name of the second river is Gion. It is the one which goes around the whole land of Cush. The name of the third river is Hiddekel. It is the one which goes toward the east of Assyria. The fourth river is the Euphrates. Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat of it you shall surely die. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Come, you children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. The epistle is recorded in St. Paul's letter to the Romans, chapter 6, the second half of the great chapter on holy baptism, begun last Sunday. I speak in human terms because of the weakness of your flesh. For just as you presented your members as slaves of uncleanness, and of lawlessness leading to more lawlessness. So now present your members as slaves of righteousness for holiness. For when you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. What fruit did you have then in the things of which you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now, having been set free from sin, and having become slaves of God, you have your fruit to holiness and the end everlasting life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus 
our Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. Clap your hands, all you peoples. Shout to God with the voice of triumph. Alleluia. Alleluia, Alleluia. The Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, the 8th chapter. Glory be to thee, O Lord. In those days, the multitude being very great, and having nothing to eat, Jesus called his disciples to him and said to them, I have compassion on the multitude, because they have now continued with me three days and have nothing to eat. And if I send them away hungry to their own houses, they will faint on the way, for some of them have come from afar. Then his disciples answered him, How can one satisfy these people with bread here in the wilderness? Jesus asked them, How many loaves do you have? And they said, Seven. So he commanded the multitude to sit down on the ground. And he took the seven loaves and gave thanks, broke them and gave them to his disciples to set before them, And they set them before the multitude. They also had a few small fish. And having blessed them, he said to set them also before them. So they ate and were filled. And they took up seven large baskets of leftover fragments. Now those who had eaten were about 4,000. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise be to thee, O Christ. Let us confess our baptismal faith with the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. At the day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen.
the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus said, I have compassion on the multitude, because they have now been with me three days and have nothing to eat. And if I send them away hungry to their own houses, they will faint on the way, for some of them have come from afar. This is the word of the Lord. This text has one of my favorite Greek words in it, this splachna, which means compassion. Sounds like a splattering, doesn't it? What it indicates is that our Lord's heart of love bursts open, splatters open, if you will, in undeserved mercy. That's what compassion is. And he had compassion on the multitude because they had been with him three days and had nothing to eat. In the face of the problems and the difficulties and the challenges of life, we are sometimes tempted to believe that we are on our own. If we don't take care of ourselves, no one else will. We live in a world in which man sees himself as his only savior. America is atheistic. There is no God. Therefore, we make a God out of ourselves. We know what to do. We know how to control events. We know how to prevent disaster. Rubbish. There is no problem that human reason cannot solve. Nonsense. But this thinking has crept into the church and into the hearts and lives of Christians. But this kind of thinking gives us no real, lasting, or abiding peace. False gods, which means false trust, false reliance, can only lead to anxiety and distress. Or, on the other side of the coin, pompous arrogance. It is true God gives each of us work to do in our station and calling in life, absolutely. He loves to do that. He loves to share his creative and providing work with us. And it is through the work that we do that he does indeed provide us with the gifts of daily bread. And Luther's lovely list in the fourth petition of the Lord's Prayer says as much. You know, food, drink, clothing, shoes, house, home, including a devout husband or wife. But ultimately, all daily bread is a gift of the Lord's compassion. All of it. Every breath you take. Every sunshiny day. Every life-giving, replenishing rainfall. Every doctor that patches you up 
fixes your broken finger. These are all gifts of God's daily bread. And the Christian says, to God alone be the glory. This is fundamentally Christian. To confess and believe that God is the source of everything that is good in our lives. And he who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all upon the cross, he will provide us with all things that we need in this body and life. And if he doesn't, according to our satisfaction, then he has good reason behind it. Make no mistake about it. The world is not out of control, even though the world seems out of control. God is in control. And that is one of the lessons of the feeding of the 4,000. One of the worst forms of idolatry is to credit ourselves with food and drink and clothing and health. The God of self either leads, as I said, to pompous arrogance or it leads to hopelessness and despair. When we make a God out of ourselves, when we rely upon ourselves, or to put it another way, when our reliance is not on the Lord Jesus as the fountain and source of life, the true tree of life that we heard of in the Garden of Eden, then we will never truly be at peace. The feeding of the 4,000 is Jesus' second miraculous feeding. So if you're wondering, I thought it was 5,000, and this says 4,000. Well, there were two miracles. The feeding of the 5,000 was the first. There are wonderful nuances of meaning when you contrast the two miracles. In the feeding of the 5,000, it's the disciples who come to Jesus and say, we've got to send these people away. They have nothing to eat. And he says, you give them something to eat. In the feeding of the 4,000, it's Jesus who is the one who acts without any request from his disciples. And St. Mark makes it clear that he is motivated by this splachna, this compassion. In the feeding of the 5,000, Jesus gives a sign to a congregation that is largely Jewish, that he is the prophet greater than Moses, through whom they receive the manna from heaven, that he is the true manna that comes down from heaven. And in the feeding of the 4,000, it is a largely Gentile congregation in a Gentile region, and he shows himself to be the Lord and Savior of all the nations. And this emphasis upon compassion means that it is the love of God, the compassion of God in Jesus In the universal atonement, he didn't just die for those who would believe in him, but for all people, of every tribe and nation of people, all people. And daily bread is provided to all people. He makes the sun rise on the wicked and on the just. In today's account, the disciples unwittingly ask a profound question. How can one satisfy these people here in the wilderness? I love that. How can one satisfy? The comfort and wisdom of the miracle is found in these little details. One can satisfy a hungry world if that one is the Son of God and the creator of all things. 
I remember my oldest brother when he went away to the university in the 1970s. He was involved with environmental science and all of that sort of thing. The greatest wisdom and erudite minds of the age predicted by the year 1990. The whole world would be engrossed in mass starvation, unable to sustain all of the life. That's why we've got to practice birth control and all of these other things. Well, the great prognosticators were wrong. How can that be? How can one satisfy a world of hungry people? Well, if that one is the Son of God, the creator of all things, he not only can do it, but he does do it. In fact, I want to tell you something today I don't want you to forget. Jesus' suffering and death upon the cross is the source of the mercy that provides daily bread for everyone, even those who do not believe in him. So not only is his compassion demonstrated in his suffering and death for all humanity, but his compassion is demonstrated in that out of that death he provides daily bread for all humanity. That Jesus is the Son of God. That Jesus is creator of all things. That Jesus is the actual tree of life apart from whom there is no life. That Jesus actually has compassion on a world of atheists and self-reliant sinners is an amazing miracle in itself. It's the miracle of God's grace. Now, this is an obvious statement, but I want you to hear it anyway. His capacity to love the unlovable is far, far greater than mine. Now, that's obvious. But that's what Jesus is demonstrating throughout the Gospels in all of these miracles. If that one went to the cross to redeem us with his blood, then you and I have nothing to fear. He can be trusted because he is our God. He is our Savior, and His word is truth. Oh, how we've been hearing all kinds of words over the last month that are not true at all, unreliable. During the times we are living in, we see such lack of confidence in the compassion of God for a world of sinners. We fail to see the connection between disease, and the fall of humanity into sin. I think we as Christians need to talk about these things in addition to talking about sanitizers and masks and so forth, the real source of the pandemic. We fail to understand how human suffering is used by God to call us back to Christ rather than to thrust us further and further upon self-reliance. And we mistakenly think that we can save ourselves from sickness and death if we are clever enough and follow every protocol that the experts give us. Don't misunderstand. We are called to love our neighbor, to care for one another, for the vulnerable, and to be responsible in our actions. And all of this is an extension of God's his compassion and love. But it is rather simply to say 
that man is not God. And I know that's an obvious statement, and you all believe it, but we need to assert it audibly because sometimes it is as if we don't believe it. Man is not his own savior. Man does not have all the answers. Experts are not as expert as they think. During this pandemic, there have been more predictions that have been wrong than there have been predictions that have been right. But even if the worst predictions had come true, like over two million dead this year in the United States, that still would not have changed our need for Christ even more than for medicine. If we are simply called to trust in our Lord Jesus Christ above all things, that's what being a Christian is. God's word alone is truth, whether in life or in death, whether in good times or in hardship. And this is why it is essential that we continue to hear God's word. Even if life in this world gets far worse than it already is. And there have been times in world history that it has been. And the church remains steadfast and immovable, proclaiming the only light that illuminates the darkness of a fallen world. We are not called to be fair-weather Christians who believe and worship only and whenever it seems convenient. The worse life gets, the more we need Christ. The more sickness, disease, and suffering threaten us, the more we need Christ and his word. And if we say otherwise, we are in danger of losing our faith entirely. In meditating upon the feeding of the 4,000, I could not help but notice how Jesus was the only source of food. And then, again, it's an obvious thing, but sometimes the obvious needs to be stated. He used seven loaves, God's perfect number, and a few fish. And even Jesus gave thanks to his Father, after which he blessed these gifts and gave them to the disciples to distribute to the multitude. You see, it's always receiving from God out of his compassion and then extending that compassion to others. His compassion provided enough food for all of them, all of them, so that every one of them was satisfied. What a wonderful gift. Only Jesus can satisfy our deepest needs. Only faith in Christ can give us true and abiding peace. Prisoners of war have learned this lesson. Christians in concentration camps have learned this lesson. Christian martyrs have learned this lesson. Christians racked with pain on their deathbeds have learned this lesson. Christians who did not know where their next meal was coming from have learned this lesson. There is only one who can satisfy the multitude in this world of sin and human suffering. Jesus, your Lord and your Savior.
Only he can satisfy because his heart broke open in compassion for us in our greatest need. Not only providing daily bread, everything that has to do with the support and needs of the body, but most importantly, laying down his life in the suffering and death of the cross for us. In today's miracle, Jesus promises us comfort, peace, forgiveness of sins, and every gift of daily bread that we need. And he will not forsake his own. He simply says, trust me. I couldn't help but think of Luther's words under the first commandment in the large catechism. As if coming out of the mouth of Jesus, whatever good thing you lack, look to me for it and seek it from me. And whenever you suffer misfortune and distress, come and cling to me. I am the one who will satisfy you and help you out of every need. Only let your heart cling to no one else. May God grant it for Jesus' sake. Amen. The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Let us pray for the whole Church of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Lord God, creator of heaven and earth, Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, we praise you for the abundant mercy that you this day so richly have provided us, blessing us not only with daily bread for our bodies, but also with heavenly food for our souls. Grant that your living and powerful word may abide in our hearts, working mightily in us to your glory and for our salvation. We commit ourselves to your divine protection and fatherly care. Bless Brian Stoltenberg, Nathaniel Anderson, Amy and Luke Uttenreither, celebrating baptismal birthdays this week, that they may be preserved steadfast in Christ Jesus. We thank you for your protection for Eric and Jennifer Kruger, Andrew and Olivia Gelbach, Jeremy and Nancy LaFour, celebrating wedding anniversaries. Preserve them in the true faith as they are faithful to one another. Let your holy angels be with us that the evil foe may have no power over us. 
Look in mercy on your church and deliver her from all danger and adversity. By your Holy Spirit, comfort and strengthen Roger in his recovery from infections, Jeremy as he battles ALS, Kathy as she recovers from a concussion and broken wrists, Shirley in her treatment for cancer, Harlan in his treatment for prostate cancer, Hadley, who is seriously ill, Katie and her unborn baby, David as he continues to recover from the trauma of brain surgery, Jim Nietzsche recovering from a fractured pelvis, Jim Weber at home following a series of falls, and Kurt Scheller and Lois Verge in hospice care. Uphold them with your grace, bring healing according to your will, grant them your abiding peace. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen.
the Lord be with you. Unto the Lord our God. It is truly meet, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God, through Jesus Christ our Lord who out of love for his fallen creation humbled himself by taking on the form of a servant, becoming obedient unto death, even death upon a cross. Risen from the dead, he has freed us from eternal death and given us life everlasting. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and saying, in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way, also, he took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Oh, 
sing hymn 704 as a prayer in preparation for receiving the Lord's Supper. The first table will be the organ side of the church and the second table the pulpit. You may be seated. Yeah. 
thank you that for the sake you have given us pardon and peace in this sacrament. And we ask you not to forsake your children, but always to rule our hearts and minds by your Holy Spirit, that we may be able constantly to serve you. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Oh, Lord. 